Here we are for another No Driving Gloves. I apologize to everybody who's been enjoying our live stream, but every now and then we've got to do an interview and uh, kind of, I guess, tape delay it. And that's what we're doing tonight. So won't be able there or we won't be there to a gosh, here I go again. I can't talk. We won't be able to um, answer any comments or stuff in the chat, but I hope you enjoy. Uh, it should be an interesting uh, conversation tonight. We're going to have be joined, of course, with Derek's going to hop on. And then we do have a special guest today. And uh, it's uh, his name's Scott Booker. Uh, he's a C the CMO and CPO, which I believe is Chief Marketing Officer and Chief Publicity Officer. I'm product officer. product officer. I'm sorry, um, with Copart. And as soon as we get done with the uh, little intro song, I think we will uh, start chatting. No driving gloves. We're a combination of gearheads. John the instigator, Derek the conserver, Will the builder, Sean the racer, and maybe a guest. Invite you to listen while they sit down, have a drink, and discuss cars. Subscribe to the podcast. No driving gloves. Time now for the ride. We're gonna get our F forty out of the way, and here we are. How's everybody doing? I'm gonna say this afternoon. Very good, John. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Well, doing we fantastic. We appreciate you reaching out and just to, we've joked recently on the show about sponsorship. Copart reached out to us. This isn't, again, we don't take payment or anything. They're not paying us for this ad. We just really wanted to learn a little, learn about Copart. And he's got a couple of special things to talk about. And they're giving away a ton of money over the next couple of months. And we thought we would, again, as we did with Greg Stanley last week, and we advertised the Porsche watch he's giving away, we're going to say, we're going to tell you how to win a couple thousand dollars, but it doesn't come out of our pockets. Sound good, Derek? Uh, I like it. I love I love spending other people's money. <laughs> so, so, how are I guess quickly since I obviously said um, publicity officer instead of a product officer? Uh, what's your What's your exact role there at? Uh, um, Copart, and how did you stumble across this job? Because a lot of us would love to stumble and do some of the, <laughs> you know, everybody wants Will's job. Everybody wanted my old job. Everybody wants Derek's job. I'm sure there's people out there with, uh, <laughs> Derek love, <laughs> love to have yours until you find out really what they are. So, yeah, no. So, um, uh, I have sort of a, a deep two sided marketplace, uh, on in, in the internet, uh, background. Uh, so I go way back developing large-scale CRM solutions for hotels and casinos. I spent 10 years with Hotels.com running that business, both in the U.S. and internationally. Uh, I've worked for various startups here in the last few years. And um, I was on the bench uh, this time last year, and uh, I got a call from a buddy. He said, hey, um, Jay Adair, the CEO of Copart, is looking for somebody like you with your skill set. And um, it's probably the best company you've never heard of. And I was like, oh, wow, that's that's some high praise. Uh, let me go do some research. And uh, so the, uh, I did my research. Copart's obviously been super successful through the years. Um, and uh, the role that they were looking for was one on the marketing side, helping to attract and uh, activate and retain buyers, members that come to our site and actually buy cars. Um, 
working with the sales team to help our sellers build this two-sided marketplace and, and, and improve that experience along the way. And also on the product side, just build a better website. Um, and the interaction with the with both sellers and, and, and uh, buyers make that a much better experience. And so that's essentially what my role is. And I've got a you know, relatively large team um, focused on marketing and product development uh, to create that environment where people will you know, sell and buy cars with us. And I guess for our listeners that don't know, I'm, I would probably give too long of an explanation, say in 15 seconds or less, what does Copart actually do? What is your yeah. business? Yeah, so uh, we sell millions and millions of cars every year uh, through online auctions. We were the first player in the marketplace to actually move completely online uh, you know, several years ago. And uh, our primary sellers are insurance companies, lending institutions, rental car companies, fleet management. Uh, we consign those cars, so we don't actually buy them from them. We consign them. Uh, we put them up for auction. Uh, there's roughly 175,000 cars up for auction right now or on, on our blocks. And uh, we sell those cars to the auction and um, uh, we try to match buyers with those sellers and uh, so that they get a good experience and buy a good car. We have buyers from all over the world. They can be you know, parts buyers, dismantlers, they could be, believe it or not, you know, 40% of our, our transactions are happening from overseas buyers. So exporters buying cars, taking them overseas, rebuilding them, driving them, flipping them. Uh, and of course, consumers and other businesses that are buying cars from us. Yeah, and you just said the key word there. You're not CarMax or Carvana or something with an online. You're actually, a lot of your product inventory, there, there is some perfectly good drivable things there's i mean i was looking around yesterday for rvs on your site and it was kind of there, you've got a really nice one coming up that's uh just has some hail damage but right. a lot of what's on your site are actually damaged vehicles i mean from kind of complete loss where you're just going to buy it and take the 12 good parts off of it to uh, i was talking with one of our co-hosts sean who's the, you know occasionally sits in and he was out in Colorado talking to a body shop and everything they drive, they bought through you and they have perfectly good driving hail damage cars that they only paid a couple hundred bucks for. And so it's, I'm not, you're not a discount place, but you're buyer beware, but you, you offer some pretty good deals. It looks like at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, what's happening in the industry too is, um, well, our biggest sellers are insurance companies. And so you think about the cars of today, that's, they've got so much technology in them that when an accident occurs, if it's going to cost them more to, you know, to fix it rather than, you know, sell it to the auction, um, then you're going to look at that equation and say, hey, what's the best way for us to do this? And because there's so much technology in cars today that are harder to fix, the equation kind of shifts towards let's total it and move it through, you know, a co-part. So there's perfectly good cars uh, coming through, you know, with some damage um, from the seller, the insurance sellers that uh, people can get good deals on and uh, fix them up and flip them. Then if you look at some of our other, other sellers, we've, you know, dealers are putting cars on the market uh, or on the auctions. We've got lending institutions and rental car companies. Those are cars in many cases, very drivable right off the blocks. And, um, you know, we continue to, to grow our base of drivable cars 
um, as we expand and grow this business. And that'll be, continue to be a big part of what we do going forward. Yeah, when I was poking around just yesterday, I was amazed at the actual number of, I mean, great cars that you had that seemed to be, you know, they're totaled, be, a lot of them are because of hail damage and hail's a significant thing, but uh, I can't remember 10 or 15 years ago, my brother had a Subaru WRX and it had severe hail damage and he had the choice of getting it totaled, taking insurance money or whatever. And I kind of said, if it's not that important, take the insurance money, pay the car off. And that's put him in a great financial situation because he drove a hail damaged car for a couple of years. And if I'm going to buy something for two grand that normally retails for 14, I, I can probably live with some hail damage and such. But and you offer, I mean, everything I was looking I was looking at a class A Ram ProMaster that like, retailed for 90 grand. It, it's not up for auction quite yet. And then there's, you know, Ford Focuses. And yesterday you had 10 McLarens on your site. So you mm-hmm. literally have, I mean, the gambit from $20,000 cars to three or $400,000 cars. Is that not right? Yeah, no, that's totally right. And, uh, you know, I've traveled a lot this past year. I was living in Denver. I was traveling back and forth to Dallas where we're headquartered. And I can't tell you the number of times uh, even an Uber driver said, um, oh, you work for Copart? Because he was dropping me off at the building and saw the sign. And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, man, they're awesome. There's so many cars there to choose from. You know, how, how do you, you know, figure out what to put up for sale and so forth? So there is a very large variety. Um, and, uh, you know, it's not just cars. We have motorcycles. We have power sports, you know, boats, RVs. And it runs the gamut, classic cars even. You know, I think about what, what you might find on an eBay. Not all those cars are perfect cars. People are looking for, uh, you know, a good bargain that they feel like they can fix. And uh, uh, we have certainly a lot of those cars as well. So it does, we do have quite a quite a bit of variety. You sent me a link, I think, or somebody my, uh, from Copart sent me a link as we were arranging this interview for a Model A that was on the uh, site. The description was a little embellishing, as Terry <laughs> pointed out. But, uh, I mean... I never would have thought to look at Copart for a Model A. I would have never thought to look at Copart for an RV until I was on there yesterday. And I go, I wonder if they would have a travel trailer or something and I could pick it up for two grand instead of 14 grand or even seven grand instead of 14 grand. That's a deal. And sure enough, I think you had 3,000 different types of recreational vehicles from Prevost to small trailers to utility trailers to, like you said, side-by-sides and four-wheelers so yeah you know it's that uh, we have 200 locations in, in in 11 countries um where we're housing these vehicles uh mostly around big urban cities uh as you might expect an accident occurs or um you know a, a lease completes and we're picking up a car we'll bring it to our it's really a large parking lot we call them lots um uh, or sorry call them yards and uh they sit there, we get the title information, and then within you know just a few weeks, we're ready to put them up for auction. And that's the beauty of what our technology provides is that you can be sitting in Dallas, Texas and bidding on cars all over the country. Um, and these guys that are exporters, we, we have a large base of exporters buying uh, from Eastern Europe and Africa, really you know all over, lots of South America. They can bid on cars all over and then have them shipped to, to their location. So 
uh, you can get you can spend a lot of kill a lot of time on the site looking for cool cars for sure. If we're going to kill a little bit of time on the site looking for cool cars and that, do we have to be a body shop? Do we have to be an exporter? Can I come to your site and just like eBay register and bid on something? Yeah, so and it really uh, depends on uh, the state regulations. Um, the states regulate this type of auto auction industry. And so in many states, you as a consumer can come in and bid and buy just like you would any other you know, site. There are some states that require you to have a broker. And we have several broker partners that will walk you through the process, do all the paperwork for you and make sure that you're compliance with all the state regulatory uh, rules and, um, you know, hopefully we make it as simple as possible for you to do that. Um, so it's uh, in some states, it's one extra step, but we hopefully make it easy enough for you to connect with a broker to make that work. And I guess the warning is a lot of your rebuilds that you have, be sure to know what the rebuild title uh, in your state is and what it takes. Because I know in Alabama, you have to go through a certification process to be able to relicense a rebuilt title. And it has to be done by a body shop. Now, a lot of us are car guys and we know a body shop and that. But if you if you don't have friends in the right places, do your research before you get on the site. And you've got three membership levels. And, you know, you buy your membership level and buy a car. I'd hate for you to listen to us here today and then buy a car and find out, oh, no, I can't do anything with it, especially after you do some repair work. So, again, we're not telling you all. We're just telling it telling listeners what's out there. Yeah, for sure. And we've got a big member services team too that uh, you can chat with online or you can call in. You're running into challenges from that standpoint. They've they've dealt with all these states. We, we do it on a regular basis, trying to get titles and you know clean up uh, paperwork before we send it up for sale and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we had a great team to help from that standpoint. That's that's always the worst part of buy, about buying a car, the paperwork, buying yes. and selling. <laughs> yeah. If we could get rid of the paperwork part. Um, well, you know, it's like uh, I think the pandemic actually sped some of this up. It's not quite where it needs to be, but uh, several states, even in the last you know 12 months, have now adopted the ability to do a lot of this paperwork via online um, and through the Internet rather than paper trails. But we're still not quite there yet. We were hoping that all the states will adopt that over time. Uh, we're, we're taking baby steps, though. Yeah. It's, I'll say between Virginia and Alabama, it's amazing the difference to the DMV. And this is one time I'll actually say Virginia was ahead of Alabama in that. And But it's gotten better. Um, and I've also learned how to manipulate the DMV. So I know where to, <laughs> I know where to go to not have to stand in line for three hours. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Derek, you've been very quiet. Do you have any co-part questions before we jump into the real reason? Well, or? you've been you've been asking all the questions, so okay, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> uh, no, I found it interesting. Obviously, I was doing a little research and uh, all that, and of course, now I'm also trying to find what classic cars you have on here while we're trying to do this interview. So that's my fault. Um, but no, I found it interesting. I was reading up on the history of the company and and you know, started out as a, basically a junkyard and really had a, a creative idea to turn into what it is today. Um, so I found that really interesting. I don't know if you can talk a little bit about that. Like, and I, I forgive me, I'm forgetting the gentleman's name who started the company now. <clears throat> um, but <clears throat> pardon me, 
uh, you know, just a little bit of that kind of, I know while I was reading it, you know, talking about that entrepreneurial spirit that uh, the company has and kind of always being, you know, looking for something new, like moving to a complete online setup. So um, just talk a little bit about that. I, I found it interesting. Yeah, I know that the company was founded in 1982 by a gentleman called Willis Johnson. He's actually still our chairman. So he's, he's involved with the business. We see him from time to time as he comes through the office for board meetings and so forth. And uh, he uh, was born and raised in Oklahoma, went to Vietnam. And when he came back, he settled in uh, Northern California and started this business. Um, and uh, shortly into his tenure there, he uh, hired his future son-in-law, Jay, who's now the CEO, um, and together, it's almost like a classic roll-up strategy. Uh, there were all these uh, companies kind of regionally oriented throughout the, comp- uh, throughout the U.S. that were doing this kind of business. And it's an essential business. In fact, even during the pandemic, we were deemed an essential business because of our support of getting these cars that potentially were um, damaged to the point where they couldn't be driven. We, we got them off the roads and put them into our uh, lots, our yards, if you will, and um, it got them ready for sale and so forth. So, um, you know, it's a classic roll-up strategy. We just kind of over time acquired more and more of these businesses since we had most of the U.S. covered, actually all of the U.S. covered. And now we've expanded into Canada and we've got operations in the U.K., Germany, Finland, Brazil, Spain, um, you know, working the same kind of model going forward. And uh, it's been a it's been a really um, a, amazing story. If you go back and look at some of the financial history of this company and um, how it's grown from wh- where it started. Uh, and I think the big thing is they've been willing to do things differently or challenge the status quo. If you remember uh, in, in the old auction days and some some companies are still in that mode, uh, you know, you pretty much called on buyers from your particular regional area. And that was pretty much it. You had to go in person to see it and, you know, you go through a traditional auction process with an auctioneer and all that stuff. And I believe the story is that Jay went to Willis and said, look, we can put this all online. And, um, you know, that was over 15 years ago when we did that. So, um, and that allowed us to really open up our auctions uh, to anybody anywhere uh, to come in and bid on cars and, and buy them. So, uh, it's been a, a you know tremendous success story. I think there's um, you know a huge amount of growth still ahead of us. Uh, we're going to continue to to do really well with the business we do today. We 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 feel really strongly about um, being good partners with our sellers, particularly on the insurance side. And, and we're growing even faster in lending institutions and uh, rental car companies and fleet companies and so forth. And that's what's getting us into you know more and more drivable cars, clean clean title cars. And so. Uh, you know, I like where we sit. We got it. We got a good opportunity ahead of us. Very cool. Very cool. So now, John, I don't know if I if I get off track, you know, just kind of smack me or something and put me back on track. But in kind of talking before the show and learning a little bit, bit about you, uh, you know, we know there's there's some car interest in your uh, in your background. And uh, so, you know, number one, I'd say, you know, tell us a little bit about that and if that played a role in kind of where you are now. Uh, but also, I guess I'm curious, has there, has there been anything that, uh, that you guys have sold on the online auctions that you've seen come up and kind of gone, that's, that's a, that's a pretty cool car, uh, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, thought about bidding on it, or maybe you've actually bought one. I don't know. You know, is there anything like that that's happened? Yeah. 
So unfortunately, uh, us employees can't bid on cars at Copart. We don't want to affect the integrity of the auction. It's super important for us to keep that in an honest and integral and, and have high integrity with that process. So, but almost weekly, I'm seeing cars come across and I'm like, oh man, that's a good car. Um, yeah, so a little bit of my history. Uh, so my dad had a 57 Chevy. Uh, when I was growing up and he would drive me to school every morning um, and pick me up in the afternoons. He worked uh, at midnight shift. So he would come home from the midnight shift and uh, drive us to school and then uh, sleep during the day and he'd pick us up in the afternoon. And so I got to ride in that cool car from, you know, from a very young age. And uh, that sort of, you know, uh, the, the shapes and curves of those old cars back then, it just enamors me. Uh, I would call myself more of a car admirer uh, more than anything. Um, because I just love the design and, and the architecture of some of these cars. Um, and then I just fast forward, I, I lived in England for about five years. Um, we moved the world headquarters of hotels.com to uh, London. And so I was there from 2009 to 2014. And um, we lived right around the corner um, from the McLaren headquarters. And so my two boys who were in uh, kind of grade school, middle school time period, uh, they'd get on a bus and they would drive by McLaren every day and see McLarens. Um, and they just got like, they were super into it. And then the village where they went to school, there was a Ferrari dealership. And so they saw all these cool cars every day. And both of them have just uh, really, you know, caught the bug. Uh, the oldest one went to school in Indianapolis on a, he's, he's working on a, or was working on a mechanical engineering technology degree. Now he's decided all I want to do is work on cars. So Right now, he's working on a. Um, he works for a company called Wildrick Restoration. It's the I think it's the only Hudson restoration shop in the country now, and all they work on is Hudson, old Hudson. So uh, super cool shop, and um, and uh, the youngest is sort of uh, in, in the same vein. Uh, he, he's not going to get uh, you know into this the, the the actual industry. I don't think uh, he, he starts college in the fall. He wants to be a pilot, but he's still. I mean, literally every other day will send me a car. Hey, hey, dad, we should buy this one, <laughs> you know. So it's an ongoing thing with us. Um, I, you may not be able to tell, but I, I don't know if I'll go the right direction. But I've got three Lego cars, a, a Lamborghini, a Porsche on the bottom, a, a, a Bugatti in the middle. Um, and my kids, you know, create like these. They get the most expensive, hardest Lego car uh, creations and create them for me. So. Yeah, we're, I call myself more of a car admirer, and uh, it just it's a family thing now. We last um, uh, two summers ago, when my oldest graduated from high school, uh, his summer trip he wanted to go visit factories. So we went to Mercedes and Porsche and BMW, and uh, we went to Pagani, uh, Ferrari, um, and uh, you know several others. So it was it was a great trip. It's just kind of in our blood now, and that's. When this role came up and, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, the kind of role that it is, uh, that, that was a big factor for me. So anything, uh, anything in the stable right now, that's kind of your, uh, uh, collector car or your, you know, fun toy, not your daily driver. No, I, you know, I'm kind of in between right now, uh, d- deciding on what I want to do next. Um, I'm one of those where I, I, I'm always watching and, and, you know, trying to figure out what I want to do uh, on that front. I haven't pulled the trigger lately on that one. So we were in the process of moving. So that's been an issue. Um, you know, I was in Denver for a while and um, literally just drove our, you know, all of our, the rest of our stuff down this past weekend. So uh, now I'm trying to think about what's next for us on that front. 
Come on, John, you got to have something. Well, I want to go ahead and kind of the whole reason Scott's here is to talk about this um, little event that I think we're in the third year of for Copart. Is that not right? Or is this the fourth year? It's actually the eighth year. We've been running it quite a while. Yeah. I didn't even see that on the the website. You only had a few years back. So eight years of this. Um, It's kind of a cool uh, promotion. Do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about um, the uh, rebuild challenge there that Copart offers? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, this is a, a program that we've had up and running. We for about eight years. We do it in the summertime. Sort of kicks off uh, now. Actually, uh, the uh, the contest officially kicks off tomorrow, where entries uh, will be open for submission. But essentially, it's a, a, a photo contest um, where you can submit your before three photos before you rebuild of a car you've, uh, you know, purchased and started to build on and three after photos, uh, after rebuild photos. And uh, it's a contest uh, that we will then judge over the course of the summer. Um, you know, the specific dates of that, the, the entries uh, open tomorrow, the, the 8th. Um, they go through the uh, 27th of August, so you can continue to, to, to submit um, up until the August 27th date. Then we'll start voting on uh 9 or September 20th. There's the dates there. Uh, and uh, the voting ends uh, October 15th, and we'll announce the winners on October 28th. And uh, essentially, if uh, you're voted uh, the first, um, the winner and first prize, you'll get $5,000. Second prize will get $2,000. And the third prize will get $1,000. So it's a very, very cool contest. It's open to US, Canada, Mexico. Um, and uh, we, you know, we love cars. Uh, this is a way for us to get our name out there a little bit, have fun with it, allow our members. We've got a lot of members that are buying cars and, and rebuilding with us and give them something to, to have fun with. And you can see some of the cool cars that came in over the past uh, few years. Um, yeah, it's, it's a real fun uh, promotion for us. So uh, you said it's been going for about eight years. Mm-hmm. Do you recall, did anybody, uh, any of the entries that you remember, did they buy the car through Copart and then build it and, and submit the entry? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we don't require it to be bought through Copart. Obviously, we wouldn't be doing this promotion if we, we weren't uh, super ecstatic if you did buy it through Copart. Uh, that's that's even a, a better story for us to tell. So we'd love for you to buy a car from Copart and actually use that as your rebuild, uh, but it's not required. And um uh, I think many of the ones from the years past have come from Copart. Very cool. So what is, uh, uh, you know, and we saw some of the, um, you know, previous winners, honorable mentions, things like that. I just noticed as, as John was scrolling, uh, has there been any of the winners in the past few years that have, have really stuck out to you? Yeah. I mean, uh, I was looking about, I was thinking about this, uh, this morning or this afternoon, I was talking to the team about it. There was a, a couple of years ago, it's like probably 2019, there was a 69 black Chevy Chevelle. That was super cool. Um, you know, they, they did a really nice job of restoring that car. Um, we've had, uh, you know, some, uh, tricked up, there was one on there. There was a, I think I tricked up, uh, um, uh, Toyota, uh, pickup, I think that they had really built out and uh, made it more of a desert truck. That was kind of cool the way they they did it. And he actually did a really good job videoing everything he had done. 
Um, and we've had some tricked out Subaru Outbacks. I mean, it's we get the gamut. I mean, there was a, a very cool VW bus that, that you just passed through a few minutes ago. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, as a car admirer, it's always fun to see cool stuff like that. And you can go through the website for those that are actually listening to the audio podcast, uh, copart.com, excuse me, copart.com uh, slash rebuild. All the terms and conditions, the rules, the dates, everything is, is there. Um, it's kind of a cool contest. I thought you actually had to buy the car through copart kind of interesting that you do open it up to everybody but um i don't know i've been to a couple of the other auctions we won't mention any of their names in person and while i don't get to see your stuff i'm much prefer buying things online and having this you said almost two hundred thousand car selection every day as opposed to just the couple of hundred that are at my local uh salvage auction you know every thursday or tuesday or depending which day you go so yeah no it's it's really amazing that we have as much inventory as we do and uh you know we we hopefully have provided and will continue to improve the experience here but the, all the searching and filtering capability you need to, to be finding your car and create yourself uh you know uh, alerts um uh so that when cars are coming through that you're interested in uh, and watch list, you know, you can create a watch list and, and, and if, uh, something comes through that you're interested in, you know, you can get involved and, and, and start bidding. So, uh, we, we hope that's what people do. I'm dr- drawing you, a you drew, you drew a breath, so I didn't want to interrupt <laughs> oh. there, John. So I'm letting you go now, Derek. Oh, this is how we work, Scott. It's really <laughs> awkward. Don't worry about it. Uh, we this like to make the guests. This is what people beg for in the live stream is to see these awkward pauses that I can edit out <laughs> of the audio. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. No, you talked about your Lego collection of cars. I just always like that. Years ago, probably I think in 1999, I started instead of going out on New Year's Eve and drinking and partying and all of that. And that would have put me back in my late 20s um i instead got a lego kit for christmas it was a ferrari f1 car and now every year for new year's instead of going out i put together kind of the cool lego kit whether it be the porsche the mini uh the caterham you know just whatever the in uh lego kit is or couple of years it's been um mega blocks where i put you know i put together a space shuttle that one took me I think 18 continuous hours. So it went well into new Year's. but yeah. But. Yeah. The, um, the oldest son is like very mechanically inclined as I'd mentioned. And, uh, you know, obviously super into cars and, uh, you know, Lego has just done such an amazing job recreating, you know, um, the, the, the models of these super hyper cars, if you will. Um, and, uh, he got, started on this must have been almost 10 years ago now when the first few of those that came out and like like you said he's that's really what he his big thing for christmas is like give me the the, this is all i want the most expensive car lego that they have let me buy it you know and let me just spend you know two three days uh, building it out and that's what he does um it's really amazing to see he just gets locked in on it's almost like he's 
has a, a maybe a, a, a slight autism or something. He just gets so locked in and he, he won't move away from that position until he's done with it. So it usually takes him 12, 18 hours and, and he's done with it. So it's super cool to watch and, and obviously been involved with it too, um, helping him out from time to time. And, and uh, the, the, what they turn out to be is uh, amazing. Um, and so I'm, I'm very lucky to, that he was, you know, gave them to me to put in the office. And the Lego, uh, there's a good and a bad. They, they are so detailed. And, you know, I think the Ferrari F1 car for me has, you know, the pistons move in the engine and is tied to the wheels and all kinds of stuff like this and steering linkages. And, um, and then, of course, you can get into the fully automated things and that. But they cheat. It's not Legos like from when I was eight years old. No. They were square blocks. I mean, when you're custom molding, I guarantee you the fenders on my Ford GT Lego aren't going to fit anything else, really. No, that's true. That's true. Like we, you know, when we were kids, uh, there, there, were, there were no instruction manuals. You had to create your own, like come up with your own creativity and design and architecture, which is fine. Um, but, uh, you know, just some of the creations you can do now, it's just incredible. And um, so they're fun. So what is the, uh, let's see, um, what is the chances that the next uh, uh, Lego build might be a, uh, you know, 2019 ZR1 Corvette? Just, just throwing it out there, you know? It could be, could be. I, you know, I haven't uh, actually been on the Lego site recently to see what news, you know, something new that's come out. Um, so I have to go back and see and uh, see what he's most interested in this year. But uh, uh, and that would that would be up there as an option for sure. I was thinking maybe you should move them into. I think it's the Posher model kits. You know, they're expensive, but they're so detailed and uh-huh. uh, you know, I tr- I went one year. I actually interrupted my Legos and did a. Um, uh, Renault F1 car that was an Erector set, which uh-huh. again, Erector cheated there with some <laughs> custom molded pieces and that. But it was kind of neat to go back to the old Erector sets of the day too and uh, play there. You said you were in between cars before we talked about the the Copart Rebuild Challenge contest. Um, was there one before or? Um. Not so, not so much like a collector car. Uh, you know, my dad's had cars, so you know, I've, I've kind of worked with him on those things. Like his '57 is sort of my, you know, the one that I always harken back to. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've uh, right now I'm driving. I've got a, a, an M340i uh, BMW, um, and uh, you know, I'm I, I'm I've got my eye on a couple of. Uh, cars that I, you know, I think will be part of my collection going forward and uh, you know just trying to get through the move and then and then decide how to make a move there I was kind of, I was kind of wondering if a, a BMW had played into your life seeing the uh, you know artwork behind you there on the wall uh, figured you might be a, a BMW fan uh, so yeah that very cool car very nice to you know have that BMW in there Um what was I? Oh yeah. So, and, and maybe John, we don't want to jump to this yet. So again, if, if I'm going too soon or, or going somewhere, not where we want to go right now, go ahead and stop the conversation. But I guess, you know, with, with co-parts kind of, you know, the direction they've headed and, and kind of the, 
incredible auction site they've built and uh, the work they're doing. I mean, are, are there exciting things we should be looking forward to coming up uh, in the future with Copart? I mean, this is, I mean, I, I dig the fact that you guys do this rebuild challenge. I mean, it gets, you know, it's one of the things, you know, John, myself, the whole, you know, host crew here on, on no driving gloves, we're big into the youth getting involved. And I think this is a, a cool way to, get some youth involved um so you guys seem to be a you know inventive company you know do things that get the hobby going and and keep that love of the automobile pushing forward so and maybe you can't talk about things but you know we all know how that is but are there are there some exciting things coming up that you guys are going to be doing to kind of keep that car passion going forward yeah, I mean, there's a few things that we do uh, currently that we'll continue to do, and then I can explain some of the things that are coming down the pipe. You know, when I, um, I started off the conversation, I said that uh, I didn't know a lot about Copart um, other than what my friend had told me about, and I had to go do my research. Well, in that process, to talk about how to get the younger generation involved, I, I went to my kids. And I'm like, hey, have you ever heard of this company called Copart? I've done a search on them. And when I do a search on Google, I see, you know, influencers coming up that are on YouTube talking about them. And, uh, and both of my kids, you know, now, uh, in their upper teens, uh, one's 21, one's 19, both of them said, yeah, oh yeah, they, they used to go look at some of the videos on, on YouTube. There's all kinds of people buying cars from them and fixing them up. So, um, we have a, a relationship with, uh, several influencers that are buying cars from us, fixing them up and, and showcasing that on, you know, on, uh, various social media sites. And we'll continue to do that. That's part of our investing in. Uh, education about how easy it is to buy a car from us and 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 do a rebuild, um, and uh, trying to get it out on channels that really uh, attract um, and appeal to that younger generation. And uh, so I, th- I think um, you know that's something that's always going to be a part of what we do. In terms of uh, where Copart's headed and and where we're going, um, you know the site uh, we just did a, a release of the site, an upgrade uh, to the overall look and feel that went out about two weeks ago. And that is just the start of many more uh, updates uh, to enhance user experience on the site to make it easier to find, you know, all kinds of cars that you're interested in. Um, you know, we're our, our uh, kind of aspiration is to be as easy as Amazon or any of the you know the the, the well well known um, e-commerce websites, so that you can find what you're looking for and, and get what you need. And then, honestly, it's all about getting uh, more more supply, more cars. Um, and so, you know, as we work, you know, going forward, we're, we're working with our sellers on the insurance side. We're getting more and more inventory from that perspective. And, I, and, I, and honestly, when uh, the economy starts bouncing back, more people are driving. So we're getting more inventory from those guys, uh, but also expanding into more whole cars, more clean title cars through some of our other sellers. So um, that is a, a big part of what we're up to from, uh, you know, from building that out and, you uh, you know, that'll all come through the online auctions and, uh, you know, yeah, you'll be able to, to, to get access to a lot of great cars coming forward. And I'll say the new Copart site that I played with over the last couple of days compared to the last time I was on, it's probably, a, I guess it was a year ago, year and a half ago, because I, I was looking for a certain certain car and a buddy actually bought one off a Copart site and drove from here to Colorado to pick it up. I'm fully expecting to have to get a trailer or something to bring it back. And he ended up driving it back and he's got it for sale now as a whole car where he was originally going to cut it up and make it some sort of beach dune buggy 
type um, car. I'm trying to think of um, all I can think of is the Dodge Aspen wagons on Fantasy Island with the uh, safari cops <laughs> and things. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really dating myself, and I'm sorry for all of our <laughs> listeners born after 1980. <laughs> Derek might even not or not even know what I'm talking about, but but it, you know the the, the your site is was extremely easy to use. I mean, of course, I, I found myself. I want to click this description and find more, but eh, you know, there's you only know. so much you can do with. <laughs> but yeah. it was, um, yeah. It's it's a much improved site. It's really enjoyable. It's not frustrating to use, and yeah, that that'll keep me off of experimenting with anything. Um, yeah, I mean, we've uh, the, the real challenge for my position here is uh, on the product side. We've got some real power buyers that are buying, you know, hundreds of cars a year, and they have a certain way of using the site. Um, almost in a, uh, you know, they, they'll have multiple screens up with multiple. You can you can have, you know, as many auctions open as you want, and you're watching cars come through, going through the auction, people bidding from all over the world and so forth, and um, you know they have. They like this, uh, hard to explain, but kind of a a, uh, a spreadsheet-like model of looking at all the cars that they're, mo- you know, they're interested in. And so our challenge is don't mess up the experience too much for our power buyers, but add functionality that appeals to the younger generation, uh, even my generation for that matter, that are used to now uh, great website experiences on Amazon and Walmart and all the, you know, all the main uh, e-commerce sites that you use on a regular basis today. So that's essentially the the kind of mantra I've given to the team is uh, let's not get in the way of the power buyers. We want them to continue to do what they do. It's they're they're great customers of ours, and uh, we want to make them happy. But also we're also appealing to um, you know newer generations that have a certain way of looking at e-commerce sites. So let's make sure we add that functionality. So you'll see more and more of that uh, progress um, throughout the year and. Uh, and hopefully make it as easy as possible to buy lots of cars. And that's always the challenge with anything is um, the human nature resistance to change. I mean, mm. I'm trying to think of the last car and there was, well, there, uh, Derek sees it with, oh, we should have never made the Corvette mid-engine. It should be front engine. And we've had guests on that make a case for it or I think back to Ford when they introduced kind of the aerodynamic F-150 and 96 97 ish and they still sold the classic body style alongside of it for a year or two uh-huh. just to you know soften the blow for their traditional mm-hmm. buyers right. um, but, and I, i'm i'm just as guilty i hate change i hate you know um you know i hate waking up to go to do something on microsoft word or something and it updated overnight and now it takes me <laughs> three hours to learn how to use it when it should have been a 15 minute task. And sometimes I fear, and I think I'm due for like six updates on my iPhone because I just, you know, I'm afraid of what the next thing will bring. So I understand, I think we all understand your challenges there. Yeah. And it's, um, so website design has, has been something that I've been pretty close to for most of my career. And, uh, I got into uh, a pretty heavy test and learn, A-B testing kind of mentality at Hotels.com because every uh, basis point of conversion we could gain uh, on that site was about a million dollars worth of profit. And so every year, you know, my goal as you know, head of product and then president of the company was to try to increase our conversion so that it would make our marketing dollars more efficient. 
And um, so, you know, and, and I, I can't tell you the number of times I would come back to the team and say, no, this is the way to do it. This is the way you just choose this one. And I'd be so wrong because the ultimate vote is in the click of the consumer, the user of that site. And you just don't know until you get it out there and test it. So we're big believers in A-B testing. Um, you know, we're always testing something on the site to, to make sure that it is something that, you know, consumers are going to use and actually makes an easier experience for them to actually convert. Um, so we'll continue to do that. And uh, obviously, it's a big part of it's just listening to buyers. Um, what do you what, what do you like? What do you don't like? Where are the gaps? How can we improve? And, uh, you know, we, we've got to um, we'll always have a long list of things to be working on. We try to pick the ones that are most impactful and, um, you know, gives the most uh, uh, efficacy to our, our buyers. I'm going to go back to the personal questions. Derek took us off. We, we kind of meander, but that's the way we always go. And I'm going to steal from um, good old Mark Green with the Cars Yeah podcast. We still hope to have Mark on the show at some point. Derek's been a guest on his show. But since you have your list of uh, classic cars you want, and you really don't have any to draw from on the past, if you could have one collector car, and it's your only collector car, you can't ever sell it, and you can't have another one. Money's no object. (laughs) Money's no object. What would it be? (laughs) Such a hard question. Uh, There's so many good ones. Um, You know, look, I'm, uh, there's, there's something about that 57 that has part of my heartstring. Uh, And the little backstory on that, my dad, um, I have three sisters, uh, two that are younger. And when we had, when my, my parents had uh, the fourth child, they just couldn't afford to have that car. He ended up selling it for um, a family vehicle. And uh, he kicks himself every single day that he did that, um, you know, and, uh, and he did the right thing from, you know, father, family, family man and so forth. But, um, you know, that would be one that would be high on my list. I'm also a big fan of the 69 uh, Camaros, um, just a nice body style. Um, uh, you know, the hypercars are very interesting to me. I love the Aston Martins. Having lived in England and a uh, big James Bond fan, you know, going all the way back to the very beginning, those the early the uh, early uh, Aston Martins that were on the show is just they're just so classic and um, really cool cars. And um, uh, you know, I've always been since since we did that factory tour, I was blown away by. Um, you know, the, the, just the differences of how cars are made. So if you go to a, a Porsche or uh, let's say Mercedes and or Audi, it's probably 90% robotics that are building that car. And then you go down to the other spectrum to a Pagani, there are no robotics. That's all handmade. And then you got things in between with, you know, Porsche, BMW and Ferrari and so forth, Lamborghini. Um, and I just totally fascinated by the way um, some of those cars are made. Um, but in, in, in that regard, like I, I love I love the Porsches that I, this new Porsche GT3 is like um, ooh, it's, it's nice. It's a nice one. Uh, that one's kind of up there. Um, uh, yeah, those are the big ones that, I, that are sort of on my list. Okay, so you narrowed it down to five. I'll give you a minute to think about the number one, what you're going to pick oh, out of that five. Oh. But my family has a very similar story to yours. 
when my brother, who's five years younger than me, was going to be born in the late 70s, um, my parents went and they traded their uh, 70 Charger and their 69 Chevelle SS on a uh, Dodge Aspen SE station yeah. wagon, tan interior, green with wood grain, and they actually put cash in with the deal. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It, Things if we could do over again. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think we, we would have suffered with the uh, car seats and, you know, because I would think, well, five or six years later, we were a family of four living with a Dodge Rampage. So yeah. we would cr- cram four people into this Dodge Rampage. And, you know, yeah. Before, and, you know, before it's, I'm sure you feel the same way. It's hard to fault, you know, your parents for making a decision like that. They put the family first, but boy, Boy, high hindsight is twenty twenty in that regard, and uh, it's a hard one. Um, so I'd probably actually say if I had, you know, endless amounts of money, and I was was you know saying I like I, you can only do one car, I might I might pick that fifty seven just because there's such a sentimental uh, aspect to it, and it meant so much to my dad, you know. That's my situation with my 60. I've got a 62 Chrysler Newport with 17,000 miles on it that was bought new by my great grandfather. And it's been handed down, you know, each generation. And now it's in my possession. And part of me wants to sell it because I, you know, I don't do anything with it. But there's that little bit of heartstrings that, you know, makes it worth the uh, $1,500 a year it costs to store it. Yeah. I I think I think everybody understands that being sentimental about a car and of course Derek's got this massive barn and more cars than he knows what to do with and one <laughs> one's pictured behind him there. Yeah, but uh, you know that the the I guess the shame of it is is really there's no cars that are terribly sentimentally attached. My my parents and and my family all pretty much trade cars in all the time and get different ones so uh, you know we don't really have i mean the 37 ford is probably the only thing i mean my dad has had since the early 70s and longer I mean, than you longer than me and and we still don't have it restored you know it's still sitting in store in in you know in a garage waiting to be restored yeah. my, my dad's 64 and a half mustang he started the restoration in 1979 it's still in pieces. Still in restoration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. I'm kind of a perfectionist in that regard, though. That would drive me nuts. Like, just get it over with, you know? Well, it's, they're all out of sight, out of mind type deals mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So. Well, and I'm, in, I'm, you know, getting kind of veering off topic here probably of what we're on right now, but kind of staying in the same path. Um, yeah, I was I was just doing more digging. I'm, I'm really impressed with the amount of classic cars that are on copart i mean i I didn't expect it to be that many um and once i finally figured out kind of how to find them in and you know in a good way um that's it's it's a lot and it is a good i mean it appears to be a really great place to find a restoration project um you know if somebody's looking for one because there were some really cool cars there what stood out to you, Derek? Uh, well, there's there's obviously some you know Model Ts, some early you know pre-war Chevys on there. 
but there were some pretty cool, uh, you know, 50s era Pontiacs. And uh, uh, actually, I was just looking at a, a really nice Firebird convertible. I uh, didn't quite get to be able to read what was wrong with it. Um, it looks visually, it appears okay, other than it looks like maybe the convertible top got tweaked going down or something. But um, there's there's some really cool stuff on there. I mean, if you're looking for, I mean, heck, if I was looking for a Model T, I'd keep my eye on a few of those because there's some, you know, Model Ts on there that just need a little bit of work to get back on the road. Yeah, you know, uh, I hadn't realized how many classic cars we had. Um, it may have been five or six months ago. Jay, the CEO, came over and he said, "You know, we got we've got a good amount of classic cars on the site. Why don't we try to put some, you know, more muscle behind it from a marketing perspective?" So, it is something that we'll try to, you know, surface a bit better as we go forward. Um, we we've done some things to let our members know, hey, this is out there. Um, but we got more to do on that front. But yeah, there's some there's some good cars out there. And if you you know keep your eye on it, that's the great thing. Is like we're always getting new inventory coming through. Excuse me. And um, so it always helps to have a watch list, um, you know, vehicle alerts set up on the site so you can be looking out for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, I guess it's you know, it's something you kind of have to think about when you're you're a collector of cars and and in the hobby and doing this is you know, we, we don't like to think about it and we don't like to see it happen. But if, if you're driving these cars, there's a chance they're going to get in an accident or they're going to get damaged and there's going to be an insurance claim on them. And sometimes they're going to get, you know, basically bought by the insurance company and they're going to have to liquidate those somewhere. And, and this is a place they do that. And so it, it, it only makes sense to keep an eye out on, on the website, on the auctions to see if they're coming up. And, you know, I guess to, to me, it's always those little things we don't think about. You know, it's it's that because, number one, like I say, you don't want to think about it, especially yeah. if you own collector cars. You don't want to think about, oh, you know, I could get in a wreck one day and, and it could be totaled or I could yeah. get in a wreck one day and it could be damaged beyond my capabilities of repair. And I'm just going to take the check and, and go, yeah. uh, you know, but. Yeah, I mean it's it's those little things where if people are out there going, well, where where do I find a car? Where do I buy a car I could work on? Yeah, that's that's the cool thing about a site like this is here it is. It's not eBay where it's either a restored car that's they're asking way too much money for, or you don't have the money for it, or it's a barn find that is just not even a good you know quality barn find. It's something that's rusted to pieces. You know, I, I even saw a couple early Corvettes on there, first generation Corvettes, uh, which would be fantastic purchases to repair and, and have yourself an early Corvette. That's incredible. So, yeah, I, I, I've, I've been blown away. Sorry, I've been looking at it probably more than I should have been. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope we get a chance to buy one. But, you know, we're um, even the, the supercars, the hypercars have so much carbon fiber in there. If you, We've had cars that, you know, those kinds of cars that have had an accident and, you know, it could be if a front quarter panel, you know, side, but because it has so much carbon fiber, it has been totaled. Uh, that's fixable. It's not cheap, but, you know, instead of buying a brand new one, uh, it's, it's certainly doable. Uh, so uh, that's what's cool. Again, we have, we have tons of inventory and, um, you know, you just got to be on top of it looking for it. 
Yeah, I had noticed on your website that this Alpha 4C, that, you know, that's a carbon tub and everything else. And it just, you know, obviously it was part of one of the rebuild challenges, but it really, you know, it really stood out to me as well. I never really thought about that. I mean, I don't know the precondition before this photograph, you know, I don't know, you know, if it was a theft recovery or I, what what caused it to go through Copart, if it yeah. did. But it was, you know, interesting that way. And then, of course, you know, the uh, VW, you know, I can't think. It's not a bay window. What do they call them? Flat windshields or whatever. Um, I mean, it's not a 23 or a 28, 28 window bus, but it, <laughs> hey, I would have never thought of going to Copart for that either. Yeah, totally. I agree. We're getting close to the end, but there's one question that I got to ask about Copart. Okay. And it goes back to the eBay thing and you know, goes, you can go Barrett Jackson or Mecham thing. Are there reserves? Um, on some cars, the sellers will set a, uh, a reserve price that, that has to be met, um, but not all, not all. Um, and so uh, from time to time you have that on some of those, but, um, and there is a chance that the seller could waive it if they decide to, um, similar to other auctions. But I'd say, that I don't think, I'd say the vast majority, I, I'd have to go check this, but I don't think it's on the majority. Uh, that's a good question. I don't think it's on the majority. I would say it's, there, are, there are some, but not, not, not all. Well, I ask because I've seen some of the hypercars go for next to nothing. And I assume those transactions concluded, you know, I didn't see them conclude. I just know what they, the final bids were. And I didn't see anything that alluded to reserves on any of the stuff I was looking at. But I think probably because it's corporations and insurance companies, their goal is just to get rid of it and unload it. So Yeah, uh, at, the, at the highest price that they can get, right? And yep. we have a very, very liquid auction um, with, you know, businesses and consumers and exporters that drive the price up. So in most cases, these sellers are super happy with what they're getting from our auction. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so I, I, that's... Uh, that tends to be kind of how it works with those guys. Yeah. And I was just thumbing through some and some of them do have a, a reserve not met uh, listing. You know, I see it at the the bidding spot, but what I like is that, you know, you can also do the buy it now price and, mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of the cars have a buy it now. So you don't even have to think, Oh, what am I going to have to spend on this to get it? just buy it now at a, and I mean, some of these buy it now prices are cheap yeah. for what the car is. Um, so that's throw that's an example cool, out there, Derek. I mean, it's public. I knowledge. just clicked off of a bunch <laughs> okay. of them. Come on. Why'd you have to do that? <laughs> Hang on. Well, uh, why Derek's looking Play for some that. stalling music. Or something. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say why Derek's doing that. I'll just go ahead and remind everybody on no driving gloves to check out the website nodrivinggloves.com. We've actually got a little bit of a survey going on right there. We're toying with the idea of doing like a three-minute daily podcast with some automobile trivia and that, and I'm having trouble deciding, does it go on your subscription feed where you get the show, or would you prefer me to make that a separate feed so you could choose, do you want to listen to us every day or just once a week? You know, I know we're exciting people, but, you know, even my girlfriend wants me to go away a lot of the time. So, <laughs> and then go ahead and support the show, of course, at nodrivinggloves.com um, slash coffee, buy us a cup of coffee there. Um, did you have anything? Give me, give us a, another 
real quick recap why Derek's looking up that price, Scott, of the uh, rebuild challenge that you guys are doing. Yeah, so uh, photo contest on your awesome rebuilds that you've done, three photos beforehand, three photos after your rebuild. Uh, you can um, go on to copart.com forward slash rebuild, get all the information in terms, conditions, and everything. Uh, submissions can start tomorrow, July 8th. And they close August 27th. And then we'll obviously do about a month of voting. Winners will be announced on October 28th. And uh, first prize can win $5,000, second prize $2,000, and third prize $1,000. So super cool contest. And uh, we're excited to see what uh, people have done. Did you find something, Derek? Or are we going to leave the listeners hanging? Uh, I can't find anything again. I can't remember what the one I was that I saw was. I'm horrible, horrible. But okay. no, there there were some really cool cars that I thought, you know, hey, it's yeah. Well, okay, here's one. Let's let's open it up and see. So, '62 Chevy Corvair. Okay, kind of pretty cool car. I mean, I don't mind the Corvairs. I, I'd love to have a a daily driver Corvair. Granted, it's a it's the sedan, so it's a four door. Uh, primary damage, dents, minor dents and scratches. And, you know, it looks like there's maybe some paint peeling in some areas. Did you just lock up? Nope, nope. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see what all information there is on it. Well, just uh, what are they asking for it? <laughs> but uh, buy it now price of 1500 bucks. <laughs> now that's a restoration project. Easy. And yeah, I mean, I mean that's that's great to get it, and it's a good bone start and go from there. You you know, it looks of, like it looks like maybe some of the maybe some of the engine components are torn off of it. You know, like generators stuff like that. Um, but I mean, for fifteen hundred bucks, how can you go wrong? That's what I mean. You've got a lot of upside in that car. You're going to have to do a lot before you're really upside down. I mean, you always go upside down in a restoration, always, unless it's a Duesenberg. But, nope, you still go upside down. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, um, I'm going to thank Scott for joining us and Copart for reaching out to tell us about this contest. I'm kind of excited to at least explore the site. I don't know if I can have something done in, <laughs> here in two months. I don't work that fast on anything. Um, just ask some of the ed, ed, about some of our listeners about the podcast. But we are um, glad to have you. It's been enjoyable chatting with you. And um, anything else from anybody? Or I'm going to wrap it up. No, Scott, appreciate it. Been interesting. And, and heck, I even learned a lot about it. So thanks for coming on. Cool. I, I really enjoyed the conversation. It was good to chat with you guys. And uh, um Looking forward to seeing what comes out of this challenge. Thank you again, and we're out of here. Thank you for listening, and remember to look us up at nodrivinggloves.com. There you can find back episodes, links to products we recommend, and links to all of our social media. Be sure to tell a friend about us.